Welcome to EGN Leadership Conversations, the untold secrets of the C-suite. I will be speaking with industry leaders on hot and trending topics. Enjoy the podcast. Today we have with us Fabrizio Cerruti. He's a cruise industry operation executive and he will talk to us today and give us the latest insights about the cruise industry. Fabrizio, a warm welcome. How are you today? Thank you so much, Nick, for having me. Having me. It's been a very nice weekend, so I'm ready for, uh, for this wonderful week ahead. That sounds great. And would you like to start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Well, of course, uh, I'm Italian, as <laughs> everyone can probably understand from my accent. And I've been living in Singapore in and out for the past 10 years. Before that, I lived in the UK, in the Netherlands, South Africa, Malaysia, China, and the Philippines, just to name, name a few. I actually am an hospitality industry professional and have been working within the cruise industry for almost 25, 25 years, both on board, including several years as hotel general manager, and also in executive positions in corporate offices. I've been fortunate enough to work for the world's best ultra-luxury brands, such as uh, Seaborn and CVC Cruises, then premium brands such as Celebrity Cruises and Norwegian Cruise Line, and they have recently enjoyed tremendously consulting for MSC Cruises, which is probably, you know, the largest privately owned cruise line in the world, which is also enjoying exponential growth, and also that actually has the most modern uh, fleet of vessels at the moment at sea. Furthermore, I was blessed to work for privately owned companies offering hotel management services to ship owners and operators. And that allowed me to go professionally in a very unique way, as I've been exposed to and uh, responsible for literally all aspects of the hospitality operation from devising operational manuals and training modules, protocols to identify suppliers, execute contracts, interviewing our crew, and setting up the entire hotel operation on board from the start. I enjoy being a team member during ship buildings, ship repairs, refurbishments, and conversions, and to identify the best practices to enhance profits whilst reducing costs and obtaining great feedback in official reviews from guests. I am presently offering hotel operational advisory services to companies and executives within the hospitality and the cruise industry here in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. and also in the Middle East, as I believe that these regions have a great potential for growth and it is exciting to somehow be able to contribute to that, even if, of course, just in a little part. On a personal level, I'm interested in all aspects of sustainability and renewable energies projects. I contribute to volunteer causes when possible, and I love sailing and fishing. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for the warm introduction there. And exciting to have you with us today. We, we really want to hear more about your vast cruise industry experience then. And- Perhaps you could start us off by just giving us what would be the three most exciting things we should know about the cruise industry. Well, I think that one of the one of the one of the main aspects that people probably still need to be acquainted with is the fact, you know, what is cruising is all about, basically. What does it mean working for a cruise line or working on board as a, as a crew member or actually even just enjoying being a being a passenger? 
well, you know, uh, if, if, you, if, if you are a passenger, of course, or guest, as we call them, uh, you basically are in a wonderful environment where basically you can, uh, you can uh, make use of uh, every single um, facilities that is uh, present on board. And as you know, now we have vessels which basically are literally uh, floating resorts. They are resorts at sea, by all means, with all facilities, you know, for amuse amusement, amusement parks as well. And uh, you have uh, uh, the possibility to actually enjoy food uh, for 24, 24 seven. You have uh, uh, wonderful restaurants to choose from as well. And uh, the culinary offerings are absolutely outstanding as well as the itinerary because, you know, cruising gives you the chance, let's say in a few days to visit different ports, visit, visit different countries. So to give you an idea of different cultures as well, which is wonderful. And also being on board in a, as a passenger, you have the chance to meet with other fellow passengers, which is also enhancing your, uh, your knowledge of, of the, how different people actually act and, and different culture, which is wonderful. Working on board is a different story because uh, is uh, is indeed a fantastic opportunity because working on board gives you the chance within your contract uh, to really explore the world, but also keep in mind that you know you work for sometimes for like four, six, sometimes eight, up to ten months in a row, and there is no day off. So basically, you work every single day from up to ten to twelve hours a day. Is the day is very long. But the, the, the good things about working on board is the fact that you are you know, together with, uh, with a, an extremely diverse kind of uh, cultural environment where there is inclusion, where basically you, you can actually have uh, um, a possibility to, to confront yourself with people coming from other countries. I remember in a biggest vessel where I work, uh, we used to manage basically around 70 and crew members from, different, from 70 different countries. It's a lot. Huh? So you also have a chance to learn in even different languages if you want to. But, you know, it's a, it's a hard work. It's a hard job and it's not for everyone. I mean, you really need to learn, you really need to love to travel and to, to put yourself in an environment where there's a lot of diversity. Right. And yeah. what, what about the pandemic then? How has the uh, industry been coping through the pandemic? Well, uh, all cruise companies have suffered severe and detrimental financial hurt. To revenue and profits after being forced to afford substantial refunds for cancellations, obviously. Yet, you know, they had to, don, to, to put the ships in, in different ports to be docked over there. And uh, of course, the ship did not, did not just you know, uh, cheese the operation because with the crew on board, you still have to maintain basically the entire operation on board with uh, you know, cooking, providing you know, maintenance and onboard services, which basically uh, cost money because you have to burn fuel. fuel. Uh, one of the major challenges the cruise industry faced uh, has also been that of many ports being, uh, being, being closed because of the pandemic. So many vessels, many companies have been forced to stay for months, basically uh, at anchor. I mean, anchoring aside the ports and not being, even being able to move, you know, to move in and out from, 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 this, from these locations, which was very detrimental. And, you know, it really impacted also the mental health of many people living on board as well, because when you, you live and work on this on the vessel, so without being able to get out was really, really, really tough. And for the company, it's also been a problem with, uh, with the fact that, you know, uh, they had to use lots of cash. And uh, by doing that, that they actually had to increase also the debts. And this has been very, uh, very dramatic for many companies because that even caused for some company to go bankrupt. And, you know, and, and this is something that's uh, really, really affected the industry very heavily. 
And uh, indeed, from 2020 to 2022, there was no clear answer. There were many uncertainties and to make rational forecasts. You know, people in the cruise industry didn't even know if they were able to, to, to get a job again. Nobody knew where the, 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 the borders would ever open again. I mean, if travel would ever been able to, to resume. Luckily, things have changed now. Um, but when, when it comes to basically uh, the, the, the vital short-term goal, that was really basically that was surviving. So all the companies basically lobbied with for, for government to lending uh, to keep their cruise companies afloat while focusing on the restoration or the disaster or reputational damage suffered by the media. But the fact is that the cruise industry has faced global crises in the, poor, in, the, in, the in the past and you know always managed to recover convincingly, demonstrating tough resilience, adaptability, and flexibility. Yet this pandemic is different, it's affected global operation and caused a cessation and suspension of mass cruising. Let's see what the future will bring, but I am very confident that things are going to get better as, as they already, already are compared to, to last year. Right. And what are then the challenges and opportunities you see in the cruise industry? Well, as I mentioned before, I think the most important thing would be to establish the, the great reputation the industry had pre-pandemic. Because, of course, uh, with a great reputation, you will attract more customers, so you can actually secure more bookings. Um, other challenges, which actually uh, were dealt with, dealt with very professionally, as a matter of fact, one of the first companies to come up with the, with the proper health protocol was MSC Cruises, which resumed operation already in August uh, 2000, 2020. It's been the first company to do that, basically. Um, is the announcement of new health protocols, because those now uh, are, are here to stay. I mean, as you know, uh, the, the cruise line, the cruise ship is the safest environment you can possibly be in. The cleanness is, is, is top-notch and the, the protocols are really, really stringent. So there's no really um, room for mistakes. Um, something that the, the, the industry is going to deal with now is also going to be the, the, the expenses in terms of port and bunkers. Because, of course, with the energy cost getting higher, uh, these this costs were not accounted for like a year ago. So you need to be very flexible. And it's, very, and it's a very dynamic and very fluid situation at the moment. What I will see as a fantastic opportunity is the digital transformation, you know, with artificial intelligence and so forth. Because indeed, uh, now we can really make use of technology in order to actually support the service, not to replace it. And also the possibility to, 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 to explore new markets, such as the Middle East and Asia, where there is a, a lot of happening, especially in Saudi Arabia. So this is something that you know, I think companies are really focusing and devoting resources to at the moment. Right. And then uh, just moving on to what are the trends basically in the industry? I, I know you mentioned when we spoke last time about talent acquisition, and also you mentioned shoreside trainings and sustainability. What do you think would be the focus of the industry? Well, uh, one of the things that we all actually heard we was uh, something concerning the great resignation. I'm sure you're familiar with that, because that is something that affected every single industry around the world. And it was caused because, you know, during the pandemic, lots of people had been forced either to leave their jobs or they made their redundant, or they decided themselves to, to explore different opportunities. So uh, I think the main challenge at the moment for company is not only to retain the, the, the crew they already have, but even to find the right talent for the right job. 
and and also to uh, to ensure they you know they come up with some kind of proper strategies to um, offer uh, benefits in order to to ensure that the crew members will not change companies to just move to like uh, from one one company to another. So I do believe that probably for the future it will be necessary for companies to review a little bit about their the benefits and compensations and therefore also the contractor terms and conditions because you cannot really work on board anymore like for 10 months in a row in my opinion it's very it's very difficult it's very tough also because you know i think that if there is a lesson we all learned from, from the pandemic is the importance of be together with your dears so you don't want to be apart from your family for too long anymore do you right and and, and fabrizio just finally here what has then changed in 2022 within the industry well, uh, what has changed basically is a uh, main focus. I mean, Sofit has been going on already for, a, for quite a while, but is uh, is 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 the main focus on sustainability and environment, because also uh, it is in Sofit very important that we want to make sure that you know we do not impact environment and also we reduce uh, we reduce emissions. In, in as much as possible. So basically, all, all new ships will be we are going to be built using liquefied natural gas (LNG), and um, also they will actually install uh, what is called exhaust gas cleaning systems in order to reduce emission, and also they will uh, install advanced water treatment systems. All of this is to ensure that basically, uh, you know, the ship will operate with them, with them producing as, as little as emission as possible. And in order even to, to reduce even further the consumption of fuel, uh, the trend will be that of using short-side electricity. And 58%, if I'm not mistaken, of the industry is already committed to that. And there's already about 25% of ports around the world already equipped with facility to actually ensure that. And this, I think, is going to be a game changer for many reasons. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, anything you want to add? Any final note uh, for today, Fabrizio? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for, uh, for offering me your time for, for this wonderful podcast. And I also would like to, to, to tell every single person who listens to this that, you know, you should try cruising because it's a wonderful experience. It's something that you must try at least in your long, once in your lifetime. Have you cruised before, uh, Nick, yourself? Yes, I have. And I even did during the pandemic. It was the, the one called in Singapore, the cruise to nowhere, where I took my wife for three days. We had a fantastic time. So I'm a big fan and I love the cruises. And on my bucket list is a do another cruise in Greece. That's wonderful. And, you know, as I said, everybody should really try at least once to enjoy a wonderful time on board these beautiful vessels that we have around the world. And if I have to say something that I want to be also very, very, very fair and square, there is everything available out there for any kind of pockets. I mean, from uh, like a normal uh, mass market cruise lines, if you don't want to spend too much or you have limited budget, up to cruise lines like Seaborne and like, like uh, for example, um, CVC cruises, where you can get really outstanding services and ultra luxury kind of uh, you know, services. So it's, uh, it's for everyone, really. Fantastic. And if anyone want to continue this conversation about the cruise industry, with you, Fabrizio, what is the best way of them contacting you? Well, I'm dealing also with my clients basically using LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm pretty active on that platform as well. So uh, I'm just really a message away. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much, Nick, and likewise to you. Thank you for listening to EGN Leadership Conversations, the untold secret of the C-suite. 